Now, I don't normally believe in do-overs, but after all the technical difficulties of my most recent episode of the Car Session Sports Report, I felt it was only right that I give myself a do-over. I'm just saying. It's your boy, Jav. It's the Car Session Sports Report. And I'd like to say that with everything that happened with Colin Kaepernick, In the past week, we're going to call it the Colin Kaepernick news cycle. A lot of things, a lot of major things, a lot of critical things were able to fly under the radar. So now the question you're going to ask me now is, what are you talking about, Jav? What could have possibly flown under the radar that didn't get paid attention to? Well, for one... The Knicks' biggest acquisition in the offseason, Derrick Rose, has a rape charge hovering over him. Yeah. How much of y'all knew that? Apparently, a lot of us scoffed at the rape charge at the time when it became news because the person in particular, the, the woman in particular, excuse me, she didn't pursue criminal charges. She went straight for the civil route. So a lot of people... Not myself, because I didn't pay much attention to it once I saw a civil suit. You know, I said, all right, whatever. And I went on to something else. But most people who were following the story saw a civil suit and looked at it as a money grab as opposed to a person or a woman. It could keep saying person or keep generalizing as opposed to a woman who had her rights violated. So apparently last week, while we were wondering why he kneeled as opposed to sitting down, or excuse me, or sat down as opposed to kneeling, or what, what, like the who, what, where, when, and why, and how, and all those other things about Colin Kaepernick, instead of focusing on the real issue at hand with Colin Kaepernick, we totally missed that it's a gang rape. It's not just your typical rape, but a gang rape. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, if you hear any noise in the background, that's me. I'm driving right now. Car Sessions is going back to his roots. Quick tangent. The name of the show is Car Sessions because when I first started doing this podcast, I used to literally record the show while driving home from school or work or wherever I was coming from. And you would hear all the sounds of driving in New York City. I, you know, I work in lower Manhattan now. Inter- I'm not going to say where Lower Manhattan is a vast place I had a little overtime So I decided that instead of using them, The wonderful mass transit system That is in New York City I decided to drive because You know, I was getting off late And I didn't feel like being on the train But I digress Car Sessions is back to his roots Recording in the car So if you hear anything like a horn or anything I'm talking to somebody Or, or even a bit of road rage You'll hear it here Car Sessions <laughs> so now you know a little history lesson of why people been listening to this show. Why is it called car sessions? Because I used to record it in the car. <laughs> so now I just keep the car aesthetic. I keep the music playing in the background, but I'm not in a whip. I'm just recording. But tonight and going forward, the second car session throughout the week will be called car sessions in New York City because I'll be driving through my city talking sports and talking whatever I decide to talk about with you guys while in my car. But anyway, back to Derrick Rose and this whole gang rape situation. Apparently, he was texting this young lady around, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning. 
All the while, he was standing outside of her car. Yes. Standing outside of her car. Standing outside of her house. Texting back and forth. Now, one time throughout the text message exchange, was there any talk of Derek LaRose plus three? <laughs> there was no talk of a Derek Rose plus three. It was talk of Derek Rose. When Derek Rose, you know, spoke to the authorities, he said, and I quote, 1 a.m. in the morning, it has to be assumed that X, Y, and Z is going down. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Derek! You know what? Let's have a real moment here. I understand what he's saying. Because this is an adult show, maybe kids do listen. Maybe they don't, but I direct my audience to that of adults. One o'clock in the morning is booty call hours. One o'clock in the morning. Anytime after 11 p.m. in your text messaging, to be fair, those are booty call hours. But... I don't think those hours is booty call hours plus my homeboys, my three homeboys. So now, with that being said, and it sounded a little chauvinistic the way he went about it, it adds credence to this civil case. Don't get me wrong. If if a woman gets violated sexually in a gang rape situation, in a gang rape environment, and she's not pursuing criminal charges... My, it's a red flag for me I have to be fair here I'm just on car sessions I keep it real It looks bad If you've, if you've been violated if, you, if your privacy And your rights have been violated Don't you want to pursue it To the highest end No you just want some money But Derek Rose's comments Adds credence to her civil case And honestly it's looking like I'm going to keep it funky with y'all it's looking like she's going to get that money. That one quote becoming public in the eye of the public, in the eye of a jury who has to decide upon it. Derrick Rose is going to have to come off some paper. He's going to have to come off a lot of paper. So while we're wondering about Colin Kaepernick and the Colin Kaepernick news cycle, the biggest acquisition... On the biggest team in New York basketball No offense Brooklyn Nets Has a gang rape allegation over his head And he will I'm calling it right now He will pay up I know it's nothing big Alright Joff calling it Oh big deal It's a civil suit of course They always pay But I'm just saying You're a New York Nick The, the media capital of the world <laughs> The Knicks lose again. Mm-mm-mm. Another thing that flew under the radar. You know, it, it blipped on the radar. We, we we saw it. We saw it, but we didn't pay that much attention to it. Was this whole Odell Beckham, Josh Norman talking in the media once again? I don't know about y'all, but me personally, it's either for I, I'm I'm over it. I've been saying it on car sessions repeatedly over the past few weeks, past few months. 
I'm over this whole Josh Norman and Odell Beckham deal. These two guys, these two men, they keep each other's names in their mouths. They're like, it's it's catty. It's so catty. It's like, come on now, fellas. Come on, fellas. Just play football. I'm starting to wonder. I'm really starting to wonder here that. Are they in on the joke? See, there you go. You heard the horn. This guy, this stupid cab driver, tries to cut me off. It's car sessions in New York City. But anyway, I'm starting to wonder if they're in on it. What y'all think? This has to be a work. Because I've never seen two men who are not about to fight. Right? They, they're not boxers. They're not wrestlers. They're not UFC competitors. They're not pride fighters. They're not in any other mixed martial arts, whatever it is. As you, you can see here outside of UFC, I know it's not. They're not Bellator fighters. But these two guys talk like they loathe each other. They have to be pumping up their, their September 25th game because what is it? It has to be like. WrestleMania Redskins versus Giants at this point, September 25th. And they have to be in on it. They have to be drumming up attention for this game. It can't be. It, I don't want to believe that it's possible. I don't really want to believe that it's possible that these two guys can just be okay with talking about each other every time there's a microphone in front of them. If I, All right, they got to say, well, he asked me the question. I answered it. Yeah, yeah, okay, I get it. But you can refuse to answer the question. You guys want to talk about each other. I don't know another man alive that I'd want to talk about so much. You know what I mean? It has to be WrestleMania Giants versus Redskins. It has to be. Everybody's in on the joke. The media's not in on the joke. Norman... Beckham, the Giants, and the Redskins are all in on the joke. They're privy to this secret. But on the off chance that they're not in on the joke, right? If I'm Vince McMahon, if I'm Dana White, if I'm Floyd Mayweather, if I'm Oscar De La Hoya, whatever promotion that needs to make this fight happen in the off season. Right after the Super Bowl. Oh, you know what they could do? They can replace the Pro Bowl with this fight. Make it a super card. You get some of some known fighters to, to do the undercard. And in the main event of whatever event it will be, Odell Beckham versus Josh Norman. That has to be the main event. I remember back in the day, you had a little feud with Dennis Rodman and, and Carl Malone. And lo and behold... Dennis Rodman becomes a member of the NWO and Carl Malone links up with Diamond Dallas Page, right? And they have a whole Bash at the Beach pay-per-view event. And you got to remember, Bash at the Beach back in those days was the equivalent of what SummerSlam was. That was the biggest event of the summer for WCW. And they capitalized off of a sports feud to make some money. So again, if I'm Vince McMahon, if I'm Dana White, if I'm Floyd Mayweather, 
If I'm Oscar De La Hoya, I have to make something happen. There has to be a super card with a big pay-per-view fight, Josh Norman versus Odell Beckham. That will be the most purchased pay-per-view fight in all of sports. And somebody just almost crashed. I just heard tires screech. Somebody almost crashed. It is car sessions in New York City. <laughs> I don't know if y'all heard the tire screeching in the background, but I sure heard it. That is one of the most terrifying things. When you're driving in your car and you hear tires screeching and you don't see where it's coming from, you're just crossing your fingers and hoping that it's not somebody about to hit you from some angle that you're not paying attention to. But as you can tell, <laughs> it didn't happen to me. I got a couple of yellow cabs in front of me. I, uh, if you're in New York and you're listening to this show, you already know what it is with yellow cabs. They are the worst drivers on earth. But yes, as I was saying, that would be the most purchased pay-per-view fight ever. Ever. You think about the NFL fan base. The amount of millions of people who follow the NFL, who followed this story. Look how big the Norman Odell story got when they played in that one game last year, Carolina versus the Giants. Imagine the amount of people who will flock to that fight. They have to make that fight happen. I'm not promoting violence here on car sessions, people. No, I'm not. But real recognize real. You guys, if you're not gonna if, if you're not gonna hug it out and you gotta keep talking about each other, pay-per-view, sanctioned mixed martial arts or sanctioned boxing event. Make it happen. Yeah. Staying on the Odell Beckham topic, he was talking about not being well-liked or whatever the case may be and being a villain. And I guess once again, an athlete gets asked a question and he has to answer it, right? I guess. You know what? We know in the NFL, there's a certain level, you know, of, of homophobia. It's real. It's prevalent. Let's not put our heads in the sands. We know what happens out here. It's a lot of homophobia. It's a lot of side-eyeing when, when, you, when your sexual preference is questioned. Odell Beckham has, in the eyes of, of many, done things that are sexually questionable. And he says in the interview that, you know, some guys, they don't like that he has fun. They don't, they don't like his style. And I can see that. Odell Beckham, while he's a, a, an apex athlete, he's he's an athlete's athlete. He does things that are a little questionable, but people have to understand that it's a generational thing. What we what we looked at as soft, coming from an era of a lot of machismo, what we looked at as something as soft in today's era with the youth. Because Odell's not thirty years old. Odell's about what 22, 23. To his generation, what he's doing is considered swag. Back in our day, you know, I'm not, not to sound like an old head, but you know, growing up with Iversons and the Kobe's, they weren't dressing like Russell Westbrook and, and dancing like Odell. Because they, they, their sexuality will come into question. You've seen it happen right now with, with, with Odell Beckham. And part of the dislike is because they're questioning his sexuality. We're keeping it real here. I'm not, I don't care. Well, why filter the facts? The facts are a lot of football players in the NFL, while they haven't said it overtly, it's been suggested. And even some NFL fans, it's been suggested. And, you know, if you you on the Internet, they flat out call him the F word, among other things. They don't like the fact that he's, you know, 
enjoying himself and they consider that to be homosexual. Yes, yes. They consider it homosexual and they don't like the fact that this guy who they perceive to be soft is killing them on the football field on top of that. Yes, it's a fact. So when Odell Beckham is saying something like not being liked, that's really what it is. If Odell Beckham was questionable in the eyes of those people in terms of his preference, but he wasn't giving it to them on a football field week in and week out, they would love Odell Beckham. Nobody cares about Michael Sam. He wasn't very good. He was okay, but he wasn't NFL quality. And they didn't care about him. They 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 they, they slapped hands. They played. There was there was no stories. There was no unnecessary things happening on the field. Although he was out, he was out, and they didn't do unnecessary things. There was no cheap shots or anything of that nature. But you see with Odell Beckham, they see the guy with the blonde hair. He's he, you know he's not the biggest guy in the football. He's not Julio Jones out here. And I've seen the cheap shots happen. I've seen things happen to where Odell Beckham could feel like he's not liked. So, Odell, when they ask you these questions going forward, it's probably in the in your best interest to find a way to evade the question. Because you know what, you're in a position right now where maybe you're not liked. Not not maybe you're not liked, but you. Everything you say will be placed under a microscope or it's going to just bring a level of attention that you know you don't want to. You just want to play football. You want to be the greatest receiver you can be. So you got to start mastering New York media. Evade and sidestep. Don't step in it. Or, or don't even barely like clip the piece as opposed to stepping in it. Just avoid the turd altogether. Don't step in it. Don't clip it. Just evade. Take the Derek Jeter masterclass on how to handle the media so that you don't have to worry about anything. I'm your guy. I, I mess with Odell Beckham. I think he's great. I think he's the best receiver in the NFL right now. I don't care. Y'all could disagree, listeners. That's okay. That's what sports is all about. We're not always going to disagree. We're not always going to agree. There's going to be dissenting opinion out here. I think Odell's the best. It's not because uh, of, you know, there's no knock against Antonio Brown or Julio Jones. But if you look at what Odell Beckham has done coming into the league, the last receiver to do what he did coming into the league was Randy Moss. And that's a fact. Odell's only getting better. Be mindful of that. Another story. You hear the sirens in the background. But another story flew under the radar. I mean, it got reported because, you know, that's how the news cycles work. You get you, you have your smartphones, you have your devices, you have your 24-hour news cycle. So they spoke about it. Was, you know, the Sam Bradford going to the Minnesota Vikings. So now we got the, we, we got the story here. First round pick, Vikings might have got robbed, etc., etc. You've heard it all. I know. I'm not here to beat the dead horse. But what I wanted to talk about is the fact that we, we're not really appreciating the fact <laughs> that the Eagles rolled through Minnesota with their ski mask on. 
Forget getting robbed. They put their ski mask on, picked their weapon up, slapped the club that the Vikings usually walk around with. Yes, Vikings have clubs. Slapped the club out of their hand, drew their weapon, and said, Give me your first round pick and take this scrub, Sam Bradford. Take and, and give us what you got. Put your hands up. <laughs> on top of the fact that they get rid of Sam Bradford, right? Robbed him with the ski mask on. Robbed the Vikings, right? But they're starting Carson Wentz, who played a smidgen in the preseason. So they're basically tanking the season. And they don't even have their own first round pick. So if, they, so if they're in the off chance that the, 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 the Vikings and Sam Bradford get this right, they'll have a late first round pick and can't even reap the benefits of tanking. So why y'all were losing y'all minds about the fact that, you know, the Eagles got theirs the fast way, ski mask way. All right, they did. They're tanking their season and won't even reap the benefits. Who's running the Eagles? <laughs> Again, y'all wondering, y'all trying to figure out the who, what, where, when, why, and how of Colin Kaepernick, whether it's sitting or kneeling, why he did it, what was his angle, what was his agendas, when the Eagles don't have a plan. <laughs> they don't have a plan. Going back to Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford is like that homeboy that we all have, right? Always loses a job. But for the amount of times that he's lost a job, he always gets work. He always gets work, no matter what. Whereas you're holding on to your job. Afraid to lose it because you don't know when you're going to get another job. You're afraid, but your homeboy sucks at every job he gets and always finds a job. Like, who's who's doing his resume? Sam Bradford is a living embodiment of the golden parachute. He's always going to land on his feet, regardless. He's always going to win. You get what I'm saying? Yo, Sam Bradford is that dude. Now that I think about it, he's really that guy. Who, who, yo, Tebow. They reported about his whole tryout. The Mets got him. All right, I know. For Mets fans, up in arms. Listen, it's business. He'll never even get out of the instructional league. And if he does, he'll go to some lower tier minor league team. Y'all have to remember the Mets are in debt. They haven't finished paying off from that whole Bernie Madoff situation. The Bernie Madoff ordeal has left them, you know, this has left their money a little funny, right? Having Tim Tebow in the organization brings money to the Mets and it helps pay their debts. When he's in the instructional league, more people will spend money to go see Tebow play. More people will spend money if he is to go to a lower tier minor league team to see Tebow play. He will be playing in front of sellout crowds in minor league stadiums. 
Believe that. Believe that. So the Mets made a shrewd business move. It's easy money. It doesn't matter if those teams are good or bad. Tebow is box office. I wish he would stop being so selfish and just go play tight end because you have no business playing baseball. You're going to be treated like a sideshow. Have you no pride, Tim Tebow? You're okay with being a sideshow just to play sports your way? I get you You want to do it your way, but everybody can't be Frank Sinatra. Whatever. Don't, don't worry about Don't worry about Tim Tebow Met fans. What you need to be concerned with, though, when it comes to Tebow is the fact that... I missed my turn, by the way. Is the fact that Sam Bradford and Tim Tebow played against each other in the national championship game many years ago in the BCS national title game. Tebow won. Tebow won an NFL playoff game. Sam Bradford has never done that. Yet, Sam Bradford keeps getting work and Tim Tebow got pushed out of the NFL. That's not fair. That's really the story here. You see where I went with that? That's really the story here. Tebow has done everything better than Sam Bradford, essentially on a football field when it comes to wins and losses. Can't get a job. Sam Bradford keeps getting work and has never accomplished anything outside of winning a Heisman Trophy. That's not fair. Much like me missing my turn. That wasn't fair either. But anyway, gonna make the turn now. Now I gotta talk a little Colin Kaepernick. So now I don't see, you know, I've been throwing his name around. I've been, you know, the whole the whole tent pole of this this episode of car sessions going back to his roots in the whip was Colin Kaepernick. But I'm not gonna go political, I'm not gonna go racial on you guys with this word. What I'm actually gonna do is talk about something that has not been reported or has been underreported. With this whole scandal or 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 situation, I'm not sure what to call this one. It's not a scandal. It's it, it's a moment in time. That's exactly what this is. See how see how how people have you know responded to it. You know you got other athletes who are taking knees in other sports and things of that nature. Entertainers wearing wearing the Kaepernick jersey and the Kaepernick jersey being a top selling thing. It's a moment in time. But but what we haven't really talked about Is the chess move Pulled off by Colin Kaepernick So now you're going to say to yourself What are you talking about man Like chess move What did he do The NFL prides itself Right On looking good The shield has to look good Am I right or am I right How does it look for the San Francisco 49ers? Stay with me here. How does it look for the San Francisco 49ers if they cut a guy who's making a racial stand? And, and if anything, like I said last week, all he did was state the obvious. His action made the obvious a little questionable when you look at it on his head. When you look at it in black and white. All he did was state the obvious. He stated something that we all know. So how would it look if an organization went about releasing him 
saying he's a distraction for stating the obvious talking about racial unrest in America. Colin Kaepernick checkmated the 49ers because the 49ers there's a po- there's a possibility that starts floating around that they might be, they might get called racist and with everything happening with Chip Kelly in Philadelphia, Chip Kelly can't afford to have the race word thrown his way again. Do remember when the, when the, when the training camp started? Even going back to the OTAs, remember Kaepernick tried to get out of town, and after that didn't work out. During the training camp process, it was talked that he wouldn't make it through training camp and he would get cut. By doing what he did, he checkmated this team to where there was nothing they could possibly do. They couldn't release him because they had to save face. Usually if you're a distraction in the NFL, you're gone. But beyond being a distraction, the shield has to look good. The shield has to be above certain things that bring down America. Pay attention to the NFL. Everything, the NFL tries to be as black and white as possible. Although Goodell constantly gets the rumble, we're not going to get into that. But they try to be above everything. And if the 49ers would have released him now, it would look so terrible. And we don't even salute Kaepernick for that. So, shout out to Colin Kaepernick on that chess move. I had to pause for a second. I was driving, and I just saw somebody just crossing the street all reckless. Like, they, they, they were invisible or something. Like, they had no fear of getting hit by a car. But anyway, another thing I wanted to talk about with this Colin Kaepernick deal is, is those people who are doing shows, right? You, 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 you're on these sports networks. Whether it's like general reporting, you're an anchor, you're a host of a TV show, you're a host of a radio show, you're a host of a podcast, any medium that covers sports, that's what you do. You discuss the Kaepernick's story, but you really didn't get into the meat of it. You tried to make it about something that it wasn't even about. You, 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 you tippy-toed around the issue. You, you played hopscotch. You double-dutched it. You didn't really get into the teeth of it. Or if anything at all, you completely missed the whole point of the whole story. So I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this and I'm going to say this one time. If you're going to cover a story, especially a story of that magnitude, do it the right way or don't do it at all. I'm not asking for much. I like my sports talk to be high quality. I like everything I do to be as high as quality as possible. And if I don't do it right, I'm not above reproach. I'll let you in on the joke if I do it wrong. Long story short. But if you're going to talk about any story, whether it's a major story like what happened with Kaepernick, or even a minor story like the single, like the, the, the batter hitting the first inning of a baseball game, do it right or don't do it at all. We as sports fans, we deserve everything to be as good a quality as possible. As I've said in the past, you've seen a situation, you, you, you've seen things come about where the delivery of sports and sports information has been taking a hit because people have agendas and then as opposed to just reporting the news and it hurts the overall product as a whole. I'm tired of the product being hurt. I want it to be done the right way. I'm not asking for much. So if you're going to do any story, do it right 
or don't do it at all. Don't do the show no more. Just just get up out of here and let, and let the people who are good at it do it. I ain't trying to pop my collar, but I'm pretty good at it. People like car sessions. <laughs> you know, also, I wanted to get to this real quick. We were doing the NFC East preview along with all the technical difficulties. We didn't get to wrap it up. But for me, I had the Giants winning the division. I had the Redskins and the Cowboys interchangeable based on what would happen with the Cowboys without Tony Romo. If that, like I said, if Dak Prescott did what he needed to do as a quarterback, did just enough to not mess it up, the, the Cowboys had a chance to finish in second place. But if, you know, if he completely crapped the bed, Cowboys finishing third, Redskins finishing second, Eagles are in last place regardless. TJ, on the other hand, he had the Giants in first, Redskins. I believe he had the Redskins in second place, Cowboys in third. Actually, no, he had the Cowboys in second, Redskins in third, Eagles in last place. We agreed on first and last, but he was more, he was sturdy. He didn't, he didn't hedge like I did with the, with the Redskins and the Cowboys. I respect him for that, but I don't get paid to give Stone Cold it, to opinions. Matter of fact, I don't even get paid to do cautions, so I can do what I want to do. <laughs> you know? There's another thing I kind of wanted to get into before I let you guys go. You know, I'm going to finish my drive. It's this whole, they, they're really trying hard. They're trying too hard. They being the people in the media, the powers that be within the media, to make the Golden State Warriors a villain. Here's the thing about being a villain in any form. It has to just happen. You can't place someone in a villain role and they just become bad guys. That's not how this works. It's sad because some people are actually drinking it up. They're, they're believing it. But the Warriors are not villains yet. They won one championship that was not respected. Let's keep it real. A lot of y'all didn't respect that championship because of the fact that the Cavaliers you know, had a lot of injuries. And then they followed it up by winning 70 plus games, 73 to be exact, and getting beat by a healthy Cavaliers team, completely validating what a lot of you felt about them in the first place. So how can they be villains if you don't respect them? When you're a villain in sports, being a villain more than anything else comes with the fact that most fans who hate that team respect them because they win. Kind of like, like Alabama's a villain. Nick Saban is a villain. The Golden State Warriors are not respected enough to be villains. Are they a little too swaggy for some certain people's taste? Of course. If you win 69 games in a championship and follow that up with 73 wins and you're hitting threesome everywhere, you can have a little fun with him. But I didn't see a team that was... I think the only guy who was probably arrogant on that team was Draymond Green. And Draymond is a goon. He is who he is. But this... But to say that this team is, oh, they're, they're cocky and they're arrogant and they're villains. No. You people here are trying to position them as villains because of the fact that they signed Kevin Durant. Listen, all people who watch the game and know the game will tell you that Kevin Durant signed it was basketball, man. That's all it was. It's basketball. Kevin Durant made the best basketball decision he's made in a very long time going where he went. That has nothing to do with being a villain. This is not the Miami Heat. It's not LeBron James stabbing 
stabbing his home city or his home state in the back. It's not them coming out and we, to the confetti and the and the, the the smoke machines and all of that looking like the NWO, LeBron turn heel and all that. It's it's not that. Stop trying to make it that. The only thing, the only thing Miami Heat like it is on his head is the best player or one of the best players coming together to make a super team. That's the only similarity that there is. These guys are not villains. They're not bad dudes. They haven't won enough championships. To be considered villains on any level You trying to say Oh Steph is trying to make excuses For being hurt That's another part of the villain ploy going on here. He's making excuses need. Oh, everybody's, everybody, everybody's Everybody's hurting the playoffs Every, Nobody's 100% I'm so sick and tired Of all of you saying that hot bleeping garbage It's hot garbage Stop saying that bogus rhetoric About nobody's 100% in the playoffs You know what nobody is in the playoffs also Playing with a sprained MCL All of you people with your circumstantial memory Forgot that when he had the knee injury Steph Curry was a few centimeters away from tearing his ACL And when he sprained his MCL He was supposed to be out 6 to 8 weeks But then y'all want to talk about Oh he's not hurt as an excuse he couldn't get around Tristan Thompson. You telling me Tristan Thompson all of a sudden became that great of an on-ball defender? He couldn't shoot over anybody. He had no lift. All of that is, oh, he's not hurt? He's not hurt? He's not injured? So we forgot that he was supposed to be out six to eight weeks. But y'all hold on to the fact that Steph came back against Portland and had the on-back game. All right, he did. He had the on-back game mostly in the second half because he couldn't get loose. In the first half because his knee was messed up. How many good first halves does Steph have coming off that knee injury? How many good games does Steph have coming off that knee injury? Y'all trying to make Steph a choke artist when Steph had a few... Steph has shown you enough in, in two years in the playoffs when he was right that he could play ball. The moment wasn't too big for Steph. His game doesn't translate to high-level playoff basketball due to knowledge. Steph Curry's game is not that of a LeBron or even a Kyrie. It doesn't translate in the playoffs when you have to come off screens and, and, and guys are playing a little more physical and the referees are a lot more goal. It's not going to translate. For Steph's game to translate in the playoffs, he has to be hot every night. I shouldn't have to spell this out for you. He didn't choke. He played with one knee. You all saw the knee injury. His knee went one way, his body went the other way. How is it an excuse? How is the obvious an excuse? Because y'all are told with this whole machismo of the athlete and the testosterone and all this and that. Kobe shot two free throws with his Achilles torn. He did. He did. And I love Kobe. I'm a Kobe guy. I'm a Laker fan. But there's only a handful of Kobe's out there. Y'all didn't vilify LeBron James when he was missing games for a jam finger, but Kobe was out there playing with a broken finger. So how was a guy playing with a sprained MCL that was supposed to keep him out for two months, playing on it, not hurt, and using it as an excuse? What are y'all talking about? Y'all gotta be better as sports fans. Stop letting people think for y'all. Stop, stop, stop letting the obvious evade you. You know? But I, all right, but real quick, I did see that kid block Steph's shot. That's unacceptable. Steph was like, he's not Kyrie, bro. Get get right. 
That kid, it's almost like you saw Kyrie and forgot how to ball. Combination planet did get in you know what in the finals. He did. He did. You did have one knee. It's fair, but I don't even think if you had two knees, you would have stopped Kyrie. But anyway, don't play ball no more with, with, with strangers, Steph. Don't do it. And don't get your shot blocked by the teenage. Oh my God. Anyway, I hope I was, I was able to enlighten y'all. With this episode of Car Sessions in New York City. I'm almost home. This was fun. I'll be doing this every week. I have a major announcement coming with Monday's Car Sessions Sports Support. We're going to relive week one as well. But more importantly, I have a big announcement. Back to the future is the hint. Back to the future is the hint. I got a real big surprise for y'all, man. Real big. Until next time, Jarvis out. Peace.